Hello. And today you have a different voice. Welcome to the Dog Days. You have Junior and Ian, actually the main host for today. And we'll be talking about in this episode, some topics that have been um, covered online and linking those to uh, the Dog Days and things personal experiences that we've gone through. So for example, we talk about vulnerability, we talk about cancel culture, we talk about mental health, we talk about trolling and racial abuse online. There is a, var- a array of topics and uh, it's a new new, new start for us or a new, a new thing that we're trialing going through the weekly topics. So if you like it, let us know. If you don't, don't let us know. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to The Dog Days and today you have two new co-hosts as our main host. <laughs> it is not here and we, uh, without telling him, have decided to record a podcast we to have. prove to him that we are more than worthy without him. We don't need you, B. I'm joking. We miss you. Yeah, yeah, we miss him. We've got a new setup today. We've we've uh, we, we've changed our table around. It's just the two of us. So it's Junior and I. And uh, yeah, I feel like sometimes with episodes we don't we don't we don't speak enough. And I think this 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 in this not speak enough, but we don't always get to go deep uh, on topics for our own personal lives because the, the podcast is very much about the guests. So. There's no guest today. It's no just, guest. It's, it's just, just you and I. It feels very intimate. To be fair, I think we should do we should redo that introduction. How Ollie does it, really. You know how he goes. Hello and welcome. Well, to let's the keep day. let's keep going. So you you'll go first. Go on, do it. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Really, this is my impression. Hello and welcome to the Dog Jays. Um, on this week's episode, <laughs> we. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Hello, 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 and welcome. No, no, it's like really posh, isn't it? it is. And welcome <laughs> to the Dog Days. And today you're in store for the best podcast in the world. But no, we love him. He's a very, very good host. Exactly. And, and today um, we're trying a different format. We uh, There's a few topics in the media this week, and we felt like it would be good to try and, in a different format, to try and speak about things that four things or five things that have happened online and relate those situations to experiences in our life and, and and situations that we've had related to those experiences. So the first topic that I thought was interesting was uh, last week, Mia Khalifa, who is a, well, a previous porn star. Not anymore. Not anymore. Very key. Not a porn star anymore. <laughs> but she has done porn in her, in her career. Mm. And that's kind of how she was, was started out. And that's how she was well known. And recently I've noticed a lot of content from her trying to get involved in football trying to get involved in podcasts she was due to go on True Geordie's podcast for example who we'll also be talking about today Uh, she was due to go on True Geordie's podcast and they cancelled it because she refused to talk about her porn career and she's been refusing to talk about her porn career um, in a lot of interviews and so much so that she was on a radio station in Tampa and she was introduced as a porn star and she immediately like lost her rang and said like how disrespectful it was so yeah she the other day uh was did a really intimate interview and it was the first time she actually spoke at length about her porn career and one of the things that she said is that she wanted to take control of her narrative and and be vulnerable and and talk about this situation that has long been very shameful for her and i think you were on a podcast with josh uh, Conley and Ollie talking about shame yeah, and vulnerability think, obviously looking at what she's done and what she's come out with i think like Brittany Brown says, you know, to show vulnerability, vulnerability is the greatest measure of courage. Um, and I think for someone like her to to sort of have this stigma attached to her, um, as a lot of people do through careers they might not necessarily have 
of choice, but you know they might have fallen into it in a certain period of time. Because I know you said that she only did it for was it three months? Three apparently, months, so. apparently she earned twelve thousand. The the fee was twelve thousand dollars in three months of porn, and that was twelve videos, a thousand dollars per video. Yeah, so that, I think that was the main discussion point was you know how much she actually made, which isn't really relevant, you know, into. Well, I mean, I think because people assume that she sold her soul to the devil okay. and selling your soul, you know, for 12 grand. Is, yeah. Okay, so sure. so from, from going into her shoes, it's, it's like you're forever told that you're a porn star because in three months she made some very viral videos. I think one of them, she wore a, a hijab, which obviously it was a parody kind of video, but that, that spread like wildfire on the internet. And yeah. um, I think it must be very frustrating to for everyone to assume that you sold your soul when you only made 12,000. Yeah. $1,000. When you look at it that way, I guess, yeah, that's completely true. And also, I think once she actually did come out and was sort of vulnerable and accepted the career that she's, well, I say career, the three, four month stint of what she did, I think she actually realised that people can be quite empathic Mm. Get towards in realizing what she's you know what she's done, which is quite nice. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because it's a lot of that. It's the idea, the concept that I like of of talking about the things that you're most deeply ashamed of, and I think there's a lot of people doing it at the moment. Mm. And I was speaking about this with a friend last night, and we have the same, and you might have the same kind of feeling. But at the moment, it's quite daunting. I've always found it daunting when people ask you, uh, you know, what do you do? Like, what work do you do? Yeah, and, you know how are you making money? When sure. the truth of the matter is, at the moment, yeah, I'm not proud of that because I'm not, and that's something that I'm deeply ashamed about, and I've, I've felt like it holds me back quite a lot. But I guess, I guess, it's yeah, it's trying what to link. Is, what, do you, what, what what holds you back in that sense? Holds you back in telling them what to do? Or do you well, because perhaps if I was to say to people, you know, I'm really struggling at the moment, that might no, I'm struggling at the moment. I need some opportunities that right. might open the doors, but instead. I put on this bravado that I'm very comfortable. I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing, um, and I'm, you know, you kind of fabricate the truth. To be honest, sometimes, mm. um, but yeah, I'm not sure how it helped. I mean, it's not the, just that. Like my, you know, there's a, f- a few things that I'm, I'd say, shamed of at the moment. And sure. and and uh, yeah, how about you? What what, well, what are you? She's, sh- well, I think from what she's done, it's a, it's a bit of an advocate on, you know, just owning who you really are and not True. being ashamed of what you've done. Um, I know you referenced. Eminem in Eight Mile, and mm. you know he goes out and basically raps about everything that's wrong with him. I am white. I am a fucking bomb. Yeah. I do live on a trailer with my mom, and um, you know it gives no one. It gives the other people that you think might judge you nothing to say. Yeah, yeah, I like that's uh, one of Gary V's videos about that, when, and that's I think that's kind of come somewhat of a trend. People, especially in this very very judgmental online world, mm. if people. If it's a dark secret, people just constantly want to expose it and make you feel bad about it, and it just makes your shame even worse. So when you actually put it out on the table, you must feel like some sort of, I don't know, like relief. a relief. Yeah, like a, what was the word? Oh, yeah, like a relief. And then you can actually move on from that. So then it won't be Mia Khalifa won't have to be getting asked about porn all the time in her interviews because she was an ex-porn star now, and she yeah. spoke about that. And also what's quite funny about people, I find, is... Um, once you actually speak about things, it, people get bored very quickly mm, and they actually tend point. to move on very quickly. So that's a great point, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point, actually. I think it's true, yeah. Whenever there's like it's there's there's something shocking online, I swear only people only really care about it for like two days. Literally, or like three you, days. you completely forget about it. Mm, there's I remember so Logan do you know Logan Paul? Do you know who yeah, he is? Yeah, yeah, the YouTuber. Yeah, so he um 
He, it was very famous last, I think so long ago now, I think. The beginning of last year, did that video about the suicide forest. Oh, yeah, I did see that. And, that, that and everyone, and rightly so, that was a despicable act and everyone tried to cancel him. And, and But he recently has been so open about those mistakes and, and been on a, a life-changing mission. He has his own podcast, not as good as ours. But, but on that podcast, he knows that none of his haters will watch that. And he openly said on his podcast, I've found the formula to create money off my hate. So wow. by that, he went on Fox News and basically said that he was the, the fastest man in the world because he wanted to sell tickets to an event, okay. uh, like an athletics event. Yeah, yeah. So he said, I'm the fastest entertainer in the world. I'm this, I'm that. Like, clearly a joke. But obviously, people that hate him were just like, why have we not cancelled this man? You know, he's such... I mean, they're just perpetuating the, the, the online conversation about him. Yeah, sure. So he is so open and vulnerable about his mistakes that now he's he's so fine with just unlocking the haters whenever he needs to make a bit of money, which wow. I found quite interesting. And he openly said that on his podcast, knowing that... And he's yeah, laughing. He's like, he's like, you guys don't realise what I'm doing. Like, I know none of my haters are on here right now, so I can openly talk about this. Yeah. But I think that takes a lot of... It's hard to get to that stage where you're so self-aware, so vulnerable, so open and, and confident in yourself. Very hard. I think there's that saying, you, you can change the world instead of protecting yourself from it. I think that's a great saying when it comes to something like this. And it's, Say again? You can change the world instead of protecting yourself from it. You can change By world. that sense, I mean, you can change the aspect of what the world around you thinks of yourself mm. instead of protecting yourself from what the world actually thinks of you. So linking it to your situation, have you... What... So we previously spoke about your image and like an online image. Yeah. How do you think you've put your image has been a bit of a transformation? Are you being vulnerable about the fact that you're not a footballer? Like a, you're still playing football, but like yeah, a, I think it was. You know, I think it was. I've gone through this transition of not earning the money I, I was on and not living the lifestyle I had, and it's been hard because I think, to be completely honest, the first three or four months of being home, I was still living in that sort of under that roof and thinking I had to sort of portray this person that I still was mm. just to get respect for my friends and my family. Do you still think you need no, to? No, uh, to be honest, completely honest, in the last month, uh, two months, I've been completely honest with how I feel and my emotions and I've been honest about my money. I've been honest about things that, you know, I can't do as of, you know, it might, it might be I can't go for dinner tonight because I can't afford it and stuff. And to me, that was really scary before. Mm. Whereas now I'm sort of just owning it and it's not going to last forever. What was scary about it? Not being used to that feeling. Sort of almost being laughed at by people mm. like, what? Like you used to be a footballer and you can't afford to go for dinner tonight. And Nando's, 30 quid. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I think once, like I said, once like, a bit like Mia Khalifa did, she's just opened up and owned the situation that she's been in. I'm, I'm, I'm owning the situation I'm in now. And I'm accepting it. And, you know, if, if people want to judge me for that, no one, I don't think anyone has judged me for it. I think they think, I think they respect me more for being. Yeah, I think, about. I think yours, yours, I think, I do think one day there'll be a book on your story, but it's just this, ne <laughs> it's just this, yeah, it's just <laughs> this book. next phase of like what it is that you can do. And obviously you're trying different things and something will stick, but it's, so like what, what? So that question that I I spoke about that I hate. So when people and I don't know where to look because we've got this camera going no, on no, and we're sitting next to each other. But like for example, when people are asking you, so what do you do? What what do you say now? Do you still try and pretend that you're a footballer? Or? No, no, I never, I never, I still sometimes have that stigma of saying, oh yeah, I used to play football because obviously it's so attached to me because I did it for so many years. But if I'm completely honest, I honestly I, I look them straight in the eye and I just say, 
I don't know really. Really? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm an inspiring businessman. That's what, that's uh, what I said. Aspiring. Aspiring businessman. Also inspiring. Um, so yeah, that's what I say. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do a lot of things in regards to my own business and, you know, with business and things like this, it takes time and it takes mm. resilience. You know, I know we spoke about it with Josh Connolly. Resilience is one of the main things in life. It goes with anything, you know. I think people give up way too easily and I surely nearly did, you know. I've still got offers to go back into football and I could, it's like a carrot dangling in front of me. I could easily go and take it and take a bite and go back out there. But mm. I want to stick to it and I want to, you know, be vulnerable and be open with how I'm feeling at the minute and just ride the storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, something I've always, yeah, I guess I'd talk about a little bit now, but I guess when I think about the shame and vulnerability is in is in career, but also with, um, like even, and it will go to one of our other topics when we talk about mental health in a bit, but even that, um, it's more like when, what my personal situation, because of my career and I don't know where that's going and I'm very not sure where, what to do with my life in that yeah. respect like, I've been waking up a lot of days just and I've got a little bit better the last four days but waking up just like I don't have anything to do today like you often think oh when you're working in a job mm. you, and I used to think this you'll have no time to do stuff like FC Not Alone or to do this sure. podcast but I actually think it's a lot harder for me at the moment when I've got so much time to be productive at the time because it's just difficult. I find it really difficult. I've even like some people I, I I've heard of like when they were out of work, they managed to just hit gym every day and sure. just get. But I just get. I just get. That's like, what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. Do you know what's funny is I've got um I've got a board Monday to Friday, and I write obviously my tasks, daily tasks, or the weekly tasks, and I tick them off and stuff. And when I used to play football, and I had like a thing, I'd you know be busy every day and little things there, put time here and then. And like you said, now when I've got all the time yes. in the world, I literally. <laughs> On like a Wednesday, I'll put have a wank. emails, have a wank, emails in the morning and like tick that off. And then it's like the whole day is just blank. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I will go to the gym, but I do get what you mean. I it's very get... demoralizing, isn't it? It is because it makes you feel like you've got nothing to do. Mm. But a good point, one of my friends actually said is enjoy it. At yeah, the same but, time, yeah. I know it's hard, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, try to enjoy the time you have got for yourself because that's so rich and a lot of people don't have that um you know on a nine to five and for us to to actually i know obviously your situation is uh income wise as well you need that income of course yeah it's hard same with me but you know i think it's quite important to enjoy the time that we've got for ourselves and try yeah. to be at least product as productive as we can yeah i th- yeah i would agree i think it's um yeah i i can see a, a I guess the difficulty is knowing that in the rest of this year there's going to be great things that happen for me but then and people at some points want a bit of you and want your and then it's like oh great you get that good feeling again I guess that's like being freelance or self-employed anything it's like you get little periods where it's good and then very quiet I find it's very difficult for me in the quiet but I've been yeah I mean to be honest I've been saying to Ollie recently like at least in the morning just make sure that I get come with you to the gym even if because I, I when I wake up I'm always he, he'd like light heart it's not his job to do anything but he'd light heart like knock on the door We're like nah not today like I would just shout that so yeah well, last week we, 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 I managed to go like three times in the morning with them and it's just doing that even if I'm not that proactive in the gym it's like at least I'm out and then I'm not going to go back to bed after that so then no, I can exactly. go and do the day exactly but yeah I started to do to do that um yeah, I guess that's, there's a couple of shame and things that I haven't yet spoke about. Like my food, my relationship with food is something. I always felt like if I actually spoke out about 
food addiction and binge eating that an issue that I have and because I don't look as people assume that I don't wouldn't have that because I don't look yeah, like yeah, it sure. would um, that it would be beneficial to someone but but yeah one day one day but I won't <laughs> yeah, one we day, have to but... thank Mia Khalifa for, for yeah yeah I think um, I'm liking this movement of relating it to our own lives and well no I, I just yeah I like this movement of being open about your deepest, darkest Definitely. secrets. I think it's quite sad in this world that you have to now, because I, I don't agree that we should have to do that, but I think it can be, it seems to be quite therapeutic for people. And long live Mia Khalifa, the <laughs> ex, never was a porn star, exactly. more a exactly. famous West Ham, I think she's a West Ham fan of Is football she? presenter. She now. She's fan. going down that, yeah. Not the Irons. No, um, come on the Spurs. Right, so on this week and what's been, the next thing on our list was the true Geordie... Sexting. Sexting, yeah. Well, yeah, so so um, I think it was only two days ago, but I'm trying to link this as, po- as well as possible to the substance of the podcast. I guess it goes to cancel culture, I think, is something that we've previously spoke about and something that we can be scared about too because we, as a podcast, we never preach and we the, one of the reasons, I guess, to make sure you don't preach for example, if I link to the podcast we did with Mark Sanford on toxic masculinity and all these kind of topics, is that I we can't pretend to be like point fingers at everyone sure. else for doing this kind of stuff because so in, in the case of point with True Geordie, what's basically happened um is that he uh, some nudes they might be sorry, not nudes, some messages that he has allegedly sent to a girl, they could be fake, they could not have been leaked and and they're very um very sexual, let's just say. And they describe how he likes to do sex. And I don't think there's anything wrong with how he likes to do sex. No, but Each their own. But it just feels like it's come out of weird time. True Geordie, as a, as a, for context, is a very successful YouTuber, runs another podcast uh, with Lawrence McKenna called the True Geordie Podcast. Very, very, um, yeah, very, very big in the YouTube space. And he hasn't yet tweeted about this situation. Um, but it seems like whenever these have been leaked and the whole of Twitter's kind of talking about it saying literally memeing him because of the subject of the uh, messages and I don't know what that does for someone's career really because why why should it be that your deep dark kind of sec- sexual desires a girl leaks them and why should you why should that be impact mm. your career it's imp- uh, yeah I think you made it quite valid about cancer culture I think we live in a time where it's sort of everyone likes to jump on a bandwagon and it never seems to be positive. Anything I read online, even if it's in the morning and stuff, and it, it has something to do with someone, it's, it's never positive recently. I find that a lot of the media and stuff that we listen to or read is is negative, even if it's portrayed against someone. So like you said, he's a normal lad that is sexting someone and we all do it. We've all done it. We've all yeah. done it. And just because he's you know a successful podcaster and he's got maybe something good for him, people like to hate on it. And they like to spread the negativity, but yeah, I think the council culture is really an interesting one. And people, you're right, people are just jumping to see people fail. And I don't think True Jordy's brand per se. What's confusing to me is that he openly on his podcast is a sexual person. Mm. He talks about sexual encounters, and he and he likes <laughs> objectifying <laughs> women. I don't know, I just, okay. but he, he likes talking about yeah. you know not objectifying, but he, he likes talking about these. The, women and, and fair play to him um, so it's not like it's completely off off brand to him mm. which I find confusing but yeah it's, it's it, no matter how good your 
brand is, people just want to bring that down for some reason. Yeah, they'll find they'll always find something. I mean, like you, you take football for instance, and you get a young player who's just come, you know, playing the Premier League, just scored his first goal. Blah, blah, blah. Someone somewhere will scroll through his Twitter and find a tweet from 2013 when he was, I don't know, in year nine, and he says, you know, fuck, blah, 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 mm. something, and they'll use that against him. Yeah, what's you have that is. You know, did that used to scare you as a professional footballer? I've actually got quite a funny story regarding... Um, we like funny stories. Yeah, well, <laughs> I actually um, met this girl once and, um, you know, we encountered in sexual uh, messages, etc., etc. And believe it or not, I got blackmailed. So I was actually, before one of my games, we were sat, sat at, the, um, at the table at the dinner and I get this email and it says, it's all these videos and the videos were li- linked to, you know, the email... And I just went pale. My, my teammate Darren was like, what's up? And I was like, I've just been blackmailed. Like they're before a game. Before was a game. Oh, so they're God. threatening to leak, leak the videos. Yeah, I had a nightmare as well. Came back and um, I called my agent. Did it affect you, like without thinking of excuses, did it affect you mentally on the pitch? I could not think of anything really? else apart. My videos getting out there. And like, this Jeez. is this is where like being vulnerable and like, it's, it's such a good phone call I had for my agent. So my agent, I called my agent. I told my club that if any videos come out, I'm sorry. Um... My agent calls me, he's Australian, it's quite funny. He's like, hello, mate, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, Scott. He goes, well, I've got three questions for you. He said, was there any animals involved? I said, <laughs> I said <laughs> no, none. He goes, right, did you do anything that was slightly deemed to be, you know, uh, gay or anything in the videos? I said, no, no, nothing nothing like that. Mm. And he goes, all right, and was she underage? And I said, no, she wasn't. He goes, the fuck are you worrying about then, mate? <laughs> I said, and it actually made me realise, what the fuck am I worried about? He goes, you're young, you're single, you know, you got you're not married, you you're not tired to anything. Mm. So don't don't be worried. It's you know, we're all normal human beings. Everyone does it, everyone has sex, everyone sex, everyone has their own fantasies. Mm. So once I actually accepted that, you know, we sent an email back to this blackmailer. Um these videos are probably out somewhere, so please don't research them or Google them. Mm. But no, but we sent an email back and we just explained, you know, I've got nothing to hide, you know, all I've I've done nothing wrong. So if you want to link them, link them. You know, look at Kim K. She's made millions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that stage, that phone call made me realise, you know, to accept, like again, to accept that everyone's normal. And I think with like cancer culture, I think everyone jumps onto something they're not really familiar with or, you know, they're uncomfortable themselves talking about it. Yeah. Um, look, I that's that's quite a funny story and thank you for sharing that. I think, yeah, with cancel, it's like what I said, to be fair, in the first one with cancel culture, People were cancelling Mia Khalifa until the, it, saying she's a porn star, she's a porn star, she's a porn star. Mm. People go over that, and and it's like Logan Paul, everyone tried to cancel that. And to be honest, like I, what he did was one of the worst things I've seen online. But you know, he's, he was twenty one at the time. Fame got to his head, and people tried to cancel him. But he's managed to to overcome that and use it to his advantage. But I do, I don't know where. True Geordie can go from this. I maybe he just doesn't say anything, and 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 people just think that he's dirty in bed. And what's the point? What's the problem with that? They'll get bored of it. It's like after. surely there's there's something wrong with that mentally. Like surely we can't just attach such negative stigma to sex and mm. sexual desires because it shouldn't be like that with with sex. Why why is there a negative? I think because people are probably scared of it themselves. Mm. Maybe there's not enough education on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? You should. Give sex education lessons. <laughs> but I mean, I am interested to see where it goes from there. I think being, a, I think he's just gonna, he's just got to own it. I said, yeah. So I think I, I believe it will go deny, deny, deny. Do you think? You don't think he's gonna go the other you way? You could just say it's photoshopped, but then 
I, I did see that when I did when I sort of done a bit of research on it that people were saying it's photoshopped and stuff. Which it, it, could be. it would be very easy to photoshop any conversation, hmm. um, but it just seems like why would you just randomly photoshop True Geordie and not someone a bit a bit more? Yeah, and the things that were said were sort of like. I feel like you couldn't no, just fake you that. Fake, you yeah, couldn't, you couldn't just say that. Yeah, I don't think you can just like a gene. Like it just doesn't. That's doesn't come from a deep dark place that you like, and there's exactly. nothing wrong with that. Exactly. So long live True Geordie and his sexual desires. I um I salute you. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next. Uh, well, we kind of the cancer culture sort of social media. Yeah, it's all thing. linking links. Well, sorry, just to, yeah the the the. Like I, the reason I was talking about that also was because it's something that for no reason because I've got no, I would never say I'm like I've got big following. I've not got any kind of, you know, I'm not in that in that sphere. But I guess one of my fears has been, um, like something like that happening to me because mm. I feel like I've been quite progressive in my conversation about mental health. I've been the face of these campaigns and sometimes that's quite daunting because I never want to pretend to anyone that I'm this perfect sure. symbol of, you know, this modern man because I still, you know, my friends know me well. I, I, I'm i still part of that problem. Like, I do take the piss out of my friends. They take the piss out of me. Mm -hmm. I'm part of that problem, part of that... I can be part of that toxic male problem. So it's that's why it's just... I never want to give off the perception that I'm a perfect human no, individual because I'm scared of that as well. Yeah, and that's why, you know, that's why it's on the dog days we try to we try to do everything from an authentic place rather than pretending like, you know, we're living the best lives, we're entrepreneurs making lots of money and we're doing this because no, it's exactly. just completely phony. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to say phony then. <laughs> you went right to the mic. No, I completely um, agree and yeah. Anyway, so moving on, um, James. I want to talk about James Acaster, and and, and he featured on. I've actually got a, a bone to pick with Talksport at the moment, Ooh. because I've seen th they're doing viral videos quite well in the sense that they're getting these guests and they're saying things and they're going viral. Now, James Acaster as a guest, his viral video was very positive. It was yeah. from his point of view, but the hosts on that were something I mean, terrible. I like. Somebody that's opened up about their mental health. That the, the, some of so James Acaster essentially basically said, you know, I'm this comedian. I'm 32. Uh, I've suffered from mental health issues, like other people. Um, I was a heavy user of alcohol, I was a heavy drugs, and the the the, the interview interviewers were like, "Whoa, was it really that bad that you had to get counselling? Yeah. Like, really? Like, that's part of the issue. Is like, and James Acaster said, "No, look." it's not that bad. It, what is that bad? Because I think I've often felt I couldn't really talk about mental health because I've never had suicidal thoughts or because of I've never had these, you know, the, the extreme things, but that doesn't mean that I'm not entitled to talk about exactly. it. Because if we treat it as something that has to be talked about at the most extreme, then it's going to get to the most extreme because you can't That's prevent what he says, it. Isn't he? he says, when the, when the interview asked that, he says um, not enough people talk about it because... They, like you said, they 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 think because they're not thinking suicidal thoughts that they, there's no reason to talk about it. But actually, every day we're struggling with our mental health, whether it's you know not giving yourself enough time, etc. And that's what he says. And I think that I love that about that interview is even though he's getting literally grilled by mm. these two hosts, who are the hosts? Uh, well, Alan Brazil and Dean Saunders, who it. Honestly, it's like so. It's the, the dinosaur view. Like he's, it, it was. What was it really that bad when he mm. said that he went to counselling and then saying, you know, 
you're, you're, it's just that your job's stressful. You're a comedian. It's just this, that, whatever. Just like, it wasn't a proper interview. Like, they didn't let him just speak about his issue. They were just yeah. like, part of the issue, like, it doesn't need to be that bad to go to counseling. It doesn't, no, it doesn't need to be that bad to talk about mental health. And it, it makes you feel, I often felt, um, like, I've still not felt completely at ease talking about issues that I suffer on a daily basis because it isn't that bad. But it's still can be quite crippling to me who, you know, is it a mental health, health issue if I wake up in the morning and I don't want to leave my room um, and I just feel lazy and I haven't got any motivation and energy to do that? I don't really know, but it feels like something that isn't worth talking, like not... But not it could one. be. Yeah, because if I don't, if I wasn't able to have, like kick myself into to gear and I did that for like a week in a row, then, oh, it would get that bad that I need to get counselling. But I think it's better just to... You know, what we're aiming for is to just treat... I need to do things on, like everyone, like on a daily basis that's good for my my mental health. Yeah. I, w w no, I think... How have you felt talking about mental health, like personally? Because I know you. We, we never wanted to make a, so to speak, a, a mental health podcast because we still had a, a stigma attached. Yeah, to I think I was quite, you know, I remember when I first started this podcast and I made it quite... Every, or quite clear I didn't want to speak about mental health every week and stuff because I think myself I was hiding from it mm. or I was hiding I had this um, you know just because I didn't have like exactly what James uh, McCaster says is just because you don't have these suicidal thoughts doesn't mean you're okay kind of thing um, listening to his interview I actually realised I actually suffered a lot from mental health even to the point of not giving myself enough time to you know focus on my health and Little things, and it just made me realise that now, after what episode is this now on the podcast? Um, you know, we've the reason why we get just to clarify the reason why we get so confused on episode numbers because we record them. Some a few things have gone wrong, like yeah. So, so we we've recorded probably about twenty five, but okay. I think this is officially the twentieth. Okay, so the twentieth episode from the guests that we've had on, I've actually gone on to learn that. We deal with it every day, and you know I don't okay. I don't like using the word mental health. So yeah, I, I think the word fitness. Yeah, so mental yeah. fitness is for me is is the, the word I'd use. Um, that we are dealing with our mental fitness, and there are ways that we can, you know, we struggle, and there are ways that we can make our mental fitness a lot stronger mm. every day. And I don't think enough people to do talk about it. I completely agree now. Yeah. It's taken us to have this podcast, to have our guests on. For me, you and Ollie to sit here and discuss our daily lives or our you know, weekly lives for our guests to share their stories. Mm. To make me realise, actually, shit, like, yeah, we do. Yeah, and I think there's an element of also... Um, not empathy. The word I can't think about. I think perspective, actually. So speaking, speaking to other people about the battles they struggle, and that is, I think that without realizing it, the Dog Days is somewhat of a mental health podcast because mm. we're talking about people when they've had to go through adversity to get through the other side, and I think that's what's so endearing to us is to know that there are other people out there who have struggles because everybody has their own struggles. Exactly. So by listening to other people, you get a perspective and you feel that you're not alone. Hashtag FC not alone. Boom. And, you know, that's always been, for me, I've wanted to do FC not alone because, A, because it was a great thing to share with my cousin, but also by doing it allowed me to feel like I was not alone because I'm realizing that a lot of people out there are struggling with different yeah. things. And by sharing other people's stories, it helps me from a selfish point of view. And, you know, what James Acaster um, was saying on that, that, that in front of a couple of dinosaurs was very, very refreshing. And just the more role models like him talking mm. about it. And I think we should never be ashamed of talking about it because that's how we change the perception, right? Yeah, exactly. I think another 
major thing I actually learned from listening to that interview from his side is that I think us as humans, when we take, so for instance, when we're working and we're constantly on this in this rat race and we're constantly on this grind, you know, a lot of my friends on a Monday to Friday, nine to five, um, and I see the stress that they they, they come home with um, and then that negative energy they come home with. You know, he talks a lot about taking time off work to focus on yourself. And Interesting, to focus, yeah. To, to, even though you're not earning, but your health is your wealth. And that's what he goes on to say. Um, and I think the common mistake that even I, I've, I've done in the past is my release and I know you spoke about it, I wasn't here, but you spoke about it with Andy Ramage, with Ollie, is people's release in their head is to go and have a drink. Mm. But that isn't taking time off because no. that only adds, that only tires your men- your body and it only uh, tires you mentally and physically and it puts you out for the, you know, the weekend. So let's say you go out on the Friday, so you work in Monday to Friday, you go out and you think that's your release because you think that's going to calm things down and you end up being hungover. Sunday you still feel a bit ropey and then you're back to it on Monday. And I think too many of us do that um, without yeah. actually taking time. Do you know what my I when I've been talking about these low days I've having is mm. because I went on a holiday to Barcelona, loved going out like session as you do, and then I came back and was like, yeah, I haven't been, I've been deprived myself of going out, and I need to go out more. And then I was just going out for the sake of it, but having a lot of fun. But then the come downs and in, in the sense of like the hangovers yeah. the next day, I was just it would be like a four day knockout, and I realised. All that negative energy I was carrying was coming from basically the, the the same old habits. Is I have a drink and then it lessens my desires for food. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll have a kebab or something. And I mean, yeah. the next day I'll have a Domino's and then I'll just end up binge eating. And it, that stuff perpetuates the cycle, which I'm self-aware of, but can't prevent it happening. But I think that's important. As you said you're self-aware. Um, a lot of people aren't. If you know, I, I wasn't for a long time, and I think it's key to with like anything. For, for me, from my own point of view, is balance, I think. You know, everyone, like you said, you need a lot. Of, if, you, if you, at the time, feel like you needed fun, go fucking go have some fun. Mm. But as long as you're coming back to a, a balanced way of life, I think we don't balance ourselves enough. I know I used to I used to be all football, football training, 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 never used to have fun. Exactly that. I finished football and I was like, oh my God, I've deprived myself from doing X, Y, Z. I'm going to do that now for like two months. Eating meat. Eat. <laughs> nice. And then, um, you know, I'll do that for two months. And then, like you said, and then you start feeling shit about yourself again. Mm. So I think it's, I think balance, balance is, is so true. key here. Yeah. yeah. Also with, uh, yeah, I think that's a very, very good point. I think um, about the taking rest for your work. So uh, that was really interesting. And, and and I remember even, at the sorry to keep criticizing them, but they were like, but how can you take a rest? You need to make yeah, money. Yeah, you need to make money. That's what you said. You need said. to make yeah. your money. And, and yeah. he's like, well, yeah, of course I need to make money, but I'm no good at making money if I'm, you know, depriving myself of energy. I've got, you know, I'm making less money long term because I'm going to have to take an even longer break. I love that. Exactly. But yeah, it was really, it's key what you touched upon there in terms of like taking that time for yourself. Um, and I do, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly trying to think of ways I can take more time for myself mm. without the phone because being alone whilst being on the phone is not taking not time for yourself. No, I completely agree. Cool. Right, yeah, great. In. I mean, James A. Caster, you'll be uh, hopefully one day coming on our podcast. Love to discuss this further with you. And Thanks we won't crossed. batter you like those two did. Um, <laughs> no, one more thing on. about talk sports. So, so I don't. we're not going to talk about football here, but it's the concept, the idea of football I think we can talk about. And mm. basically, a team... Maybe it would be better not to even name the team, but Bolton Wanderers, for example. They uh, are under a lot of financial constraints and they're having to play 16-year-olds in 
their matches. And they recently just had to postpone one because they lost a game 5-0. And these are 16-year-old kids, a team full of them, and they got they they lost. And the health staff, the medical staff said, I don't we don't want to play them again straight away because mentally uh, and I think more mentally, they're not ready to, for another beating. At 16, it's not going to be de- developmental. Sure. Sam Allardyce, ex-England manager, on TalkSport Radio. Why do you get these? We know why you have these clickbait videos because it goes viral. He said, that's a disgrace that they cancel those games. You know, it will make or break those players. But like, sure, if it makes two players, fantastic. If it breaks nine players... yeah. What does that even mean, make or break a football player? Yeah, no, I think because Sam Allardyce is wired very old school, and I think he's still got that stigma between actually players that do will struggle with that. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't realise that. Well, what make or break? Like the night before, I'd read an article about a rugby, and I'm not saying it's linked. I don't think the death's been confirmed, but in a rugby game, exactly the same situation. They put out a team against a really, really good team, Toulouse, I think, and they lost forty nil. And a player was found dead of the team that lost in his in his hotel room. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. It might have been the heavy impact of some of the the, the you know mm, tackles. Context, yeah. I'm not sure if it was suicide or whatever. But that is literally making or breaking someone. No, exactly. He's died exactly. Uh, for one reason or another after losing that game. So no, I think it's a it's, it's a stupid thing to say. But then again, I think with sport, it's this, just been drilled into you know, especially old managers' heads that uh, because. You have it's such a hard place to come out of. You know, sport beautifully actually does teach you a lot of lessons in mm. hardship and for life. Um, but at the same time, it can, it can break you. And I think to put a team out sixteen years sixteen years old, you know, some players they're playing against a thirty like double their age, yeah, exactly, and you know exactly. they've got one thing on their mind to how to win this game. Let's get in their faces. Exactly. Let's you know going hard at tackles. They're kids. No, exactly. Because because the other team needs to win the games. Everyone needs to get paid. Everyone needs to win. But yeah. Talksport, you're really uh, pushing my buttons at the moment. <laughs> yes, I'm raging. I'm absolutely raging. Okay, um, so moving on. Just very quickly, we wanted to obviously t- touch upon the racism that's sort of been brought up regarding the Paul Pogba penalty and the Tammy Abraham penalty. You both missed. Mm. Um, yeah, so these are last week. Two black Premier League footballers both missed penalties. I think one of the ones um, in particular was in a final of a trophy mm. and that particular player, who's 21 or 22, stepped up and said, I want to take the decisive penalty, which we should celebrate. Of course. And he missed it. Brave thing to do. And, you know, the the, the, the clubs are now releasing statements saying we're not standing for this racial abuse. It's the same argument in the social sure. media sites. They ban these accounts with one follower. Yeah. I think the pro- the problem we have, in my perspective, is that people are asking the FA and the football community, or the, you know, the football stadiums, to to do something about these racial, racially abusive slurs, etc. That you hear in the stadiums, which they can do in the ninety minutes of football. Right? Mm. But what are you going to do when someone's at home on a Monday or Tuesday afternoon and tweets something, you know, in their office or something? That isn't part of fo- that's not football's problem. That's a part of society. That's a society problem. That's a mm. social problem that we have. Where I don't think kids that are growing up in this in this era, the millennials of today, are socially educated on how to use or how damaging their words can be towards mm. someone. I don't think they're educated enough in regards to where's that tweet going to go. How's that getting? Do you have any someone? experience from football of, of some? Yeah, I, me- I remember else. I had a I had a player Chantaru who I played with um, at Sale. We had an away game. And um, he was getting racially, racially abused. You know, the the locals didn't like the you know his Indian side. I don't I don't know what it was, but they were throwing 
bananas. They were shouting things at him, horrendous things at him. He actually scored the winner in that game and he literally just stood in front of all of them and they were just abusive. But I shared a room with him that night and he was just in tears. Mm. Absolutely broken in tears. And I think that's the problem is because it, it's linked to football, it, it, they, they almost put a stigma around that it's, it's football fan. But it does happen. It happens everywhere. But it is a social problem. Because yeah. I don't think enough people are learning about it and they're learning about racism or what it actually is. We don't learn about it in school. No, I mean, I mean, actually, this is a good point. It's because I've learned this through FC Not Alone. Football, love it or hate it, is one of the biggest parts of popular culture. Particularly in the UK, I say it's the biggest part of popular culture. So whenever you have that many people crowded in one place, it's going to magnify social issues. It's not going to magnify football issues. And I think, yeah, I think this this online social media trolling thing, it's not football's problem. It's, I, I think it links back to people, I, I don't know, but I think people are very, it, it kind of goes full circle. People are very desperate in this world to stand out. You know, there's a lot of, getting something viral online mm. is like a big thing. Like getting getting engagement on your posts, all of this is kind of a big thing. And, and I think there's a lot of ways to shortcut media attention through positive energy, but... Sure. It's very, uh, there's a lot of black magic online about mm. like trying, there's a lot of black magic online using hate, using negative energy to, to to get your message further. And I think that's what sometimes the mind of these people is just like, oh, I was just joking. I wanted to feel feel something. Yeah. And then seeing that dopamine hit of people like retweeting their message, not knowing just how like rude and horrible it is. No, exactly. So that's why that's why I genuinely think it's more of a, so it's not a football problem. I think it's a social problem. And I think kids, especially at school, need to be need to be educated. I was going to say, how do we how do we solve this problem? I think I don't think we learn about it at school. I don't think I think we we learn about the the wrong things at school. I think mm. you know, we don't we don't learn about how to use social media. We don't learn about how to. I mean, to be fair, we ain't got a clue because we've not been at school since social media. <laughs> yeah, true, they might actually do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like that, I think yeah. it all goes back to education and mm. and trying to. But you've got you've got forty five year old, you got. Male and female, you got sixty-year-old male and females trolling people online. This no, isn't just a. I know. It's, it's, but, no, it's but not we, just the kids, but it is. But it they're is, too yeah. far gone, really, aren't no, they? Exactly. And um, yeah, like social with the social networks, like we, yes, they need to do. But what can they do? It's so easy. It's just, I just don't know what they can do. I think one link, one th- one link, one thing I did learn from it was I saw Tammy Abraham's interview. Um, mm regarding the situation and he had the biggest smile on his face and he said you know I don't listen to any of it and that's coming from how old is he 21 to have that resilience and he said you know all I, all I want to do is you know go on the pitch and, and prove them wrong and prove you know the hate is wrong as they say and I think that's a valid lesson to anyone listening any of our listeners to not giving a fuck mm. literally not giving a fuck yeah I think that's that's the only way you can really treat these issues is but 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 we spoke I think we spoke to Flav about this so the currency online and and part and I've done it with the talksport thing I've responded to that with like an argument against that that's what they're doing on mm. purpose so by by Man United issuing a statement and all these players Harry Maguire they're all tweeting and, yeah, and giving rationally. more attention online which is what these people want so the best thing obviously would be to in my opinion just not acknowledge it but that's very it's very difficult and easy to say because I'm not getting racially abused. But if people didn't respond to that stuff, it would be so boring for them to message it in the first place. Exactly. We had we wanted to talk about trolling in general, and and there's a there's a certain ex footballer who yeah, is, is who's funnily is... enough actually the troll at the moment. Yeah. So um, what what's this story? I've actually followed Leon Knight for quite a while. Um, he's very he is an ex footballer. He's very controversial, I'd say, and he 
does overstep the boundary. And I'm going to be completely honest with you is there's a fine line between obviously online bullying and just tell, speaking the truth. He does speak the truth because the scary thing is, is he says what a lot of the people, what a lot of the nation are thinking. Well, this isn't, well, that's what, when we had Nicole Arbor on, she, she, a lot of her videos were speaking the truth, so speaking to speak, the, yeah. but like not being empathetic in what exactly. she's saying. So I, I, I don't think he has any empathy when he, when he talks about these people and when he talks about, you know, all these problems or I think one of the main things he does do is what he has done recently is he's he's basically outcalled all these as you say Z listers. Um has he called you out? Not yet, mate. Um, <laughs> aesthetically. Um oh, okay. so he talks I know he because he says he he has daughters himself and he says that he doesn't want his daughters to sort of grow up in a world where, you know, um getting surgery or etc boost their self esteem. Mm. So but how he does it for me, I I don't think it's right, but He's trying to get a point across. Do you have an example of, of? Well, he posted the, the one of the first things he posted was that picture of Lauren Goodyear like ten years ago. Lauren Goodyear now, and it is a crazy. It's, it's so crazy. Like they don't mm. look anything alike. And he does the same with Holly from Geordie Shaw, and he gets these. You know, like you said, these snap, these uh, little clickbait things. But then mm. someone will tweet back. So at the minute, he's having a fight online with, with Holly. Holly from Geordie Shaw, and it's. It's for everyone on Twitter because people like to see these. It's weird. People like to see negative things. There's never anything positive about it. Mm -hmm. There's no positive outcome. But it just goes on to the topic for me is um, to talk about is the young people today and how our self-esteem is affected by the things mm. we see and things we scroll through on social media. Yeah. I mean, how is, how is um, in, in the last five years of your life being on social media, you know, what, well, what uh, image have you felt up? I actually, I, I actually read the other day that last year there was 200,000 teens that had plastic surgery. Yeah, I read that from an article from Carrie Paul and that is astounding. Yeah. That's teenagers. That's like people, do you know what I find funny is that when we were, okay, if you go back now, when you were in year eight or nine, the girls in your year that year were like tomboys, weren't they? Which, what do you mean? Like they, they, they weren't really bothered about, mate, if you look at, you yeah. know, go back to school now. Yeah, I see what you mean, like you wasn't, you weren't obsessed over your looks. No, basically. no, no, no. Yeah. And I, I think it's quite, there's a But fine... they were in, 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 they got to that stage at, like late, about 15, sort of 16, it was sure. quite, it was quite endearing, they started wearing a bit more makeup and yeah. And, yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's a fine line between bashing people for getting stuff done that makes them happy. I think that's where he crosses the line a little bit because mm. I think he's got a valid point in regards to people wanting to change themselves because, you know, for the sake of, oh, she's got big lips or, you know, these they you'd look at someone on Instagram, I'd do it, and I look, quite he looks like he's in shape. But then yeah, I forget, yeah. there's a filter behind it, there's Photoshop behind Lighting. it, there's yeah. lighting behind it, there's so much behind it. And you very rarely see someone post on social media their true shape or they're true you know? yeah I'm often I also find it's like not just the imagery you've seen but 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 uh, the, like what they're up to I don't know like likes how many like followers yeah. and all that kind of stuff I think it's such a, like everyone's talking about this stuff but it is quite important That's, I, I often even with this podcast to be honest you look at it and you know one week we've had 500 people listening and I'm, I'm why am I not happy about that I yeah. should be that's 500 people amazing, yeah. are actually caring to listen to us yeah I mean I think it's like you can't ever tell someone what to do, right? So that's what we, I think Leon Knight tries telling them. What yeah, to do. So I, think I think his approach tell, is terrible. Yeah, so I think you can never tell people what to do, but we do have our own opinions. But if it genuinely helps them in their self esteem, it really helps someone mm. in their self esteem, then fuck it, you know? Yeah, I think um, that his argument is a bit of a straw hat argument in the sense that he's 
being horrible to people and then saying, you're doing this to my daughter, mm. you know, he can still parent them well, his daughter. And I don't think his parent, if his if his daughter was to see what he's getting up to online, that might be more troubling yeah, I to think, her than, yeah. than... But yeah, I understand his the, the, the notion of what he then, he, I think he then links it to the Z, Z listers being sort of like, a, as you say, an icon to to the millennials of today because that's what they watch on TV and that's what they're sort of fed is, you know, the sex, the drugs, the... You know, why are you looking up to someone who's, who's mm-hmm. going out and getting shanked on TV, yeah. as you'd say? Um, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we, we're going to have to deal with this when we bring up children in this world. But but I feel, you know, I'm, I'm often, like I said, one of my shames is to do with food and body dysmorphia and the way I look at myself. And I think it's always difficult. Even, like, people think this problem exists with just females and... Or people say can can insinuate that you know women have it hard; they need to be perfect. And to some extent, I would agree it's very very difficult. But men have it. We also we do yeah we we also struggle with it. Like we I see people in great shape online. I see people running really successful business. I see all this stuff, and and it's we also compare ourselves to them as well. And it is difficult. Well, aesthetically as well, you know, like with hair hair loss and things Mm. like this. Mm -hmm. You know, you see men going and going out and getting hair transplants and getting Botox as well, you know? It's yeah, not, that's not the, uncommon. I'd say just for the record, I think, just so people know, what I think the hair loss is the big one people, men rip each other about. And then, um, you know, it's often a phrase to go to Istanbul to get a transplant. And then, uh, yeah, like body, like you've got a Derby Kelly, you've got a belly, <laughs> you've got a Derby mate. Yeah, so I think what we can learn from yeah. Mr. Leon Knight is... There's a the big conversation. I think it's reaching a a, t- a breaking point, and I don't know how it's gonna uh, where it's gonna go. But with clubs, players all backing this thing about trolling and social media, it's got to change. Something will change soon. I don't know what's going to be introduced. I don't know if it will work, but we are getting to that point. IDs, <laughs> IDs. <laughs> no IDs. Harry Maguire said. Yeah, well, Harry Maguire said you need a driver license to set up a social media account, and someone said, could you imagine? going to Gatwick Airport, no, sorry, American Immigration, and them saying, uh, sorry, you're not coming into the country because you tweeted um, about Meza Ozil being missing in action. <laughs> Probably have to, you don't like, you like Meza, isn't it? I do like Meza. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, well, we wanted to end on this uh, question. We did want to end this question. The question, um, so me being uh, late to the party, I've recently jumped on Dave's Psychodrama album, and one of the songs, Environment, is I've I've had to like listen to it on repeat. It just fascinates me. I think the whole album's fascinating because it's from the perspective of him visiting uh, a psychiatrist and and you often hear this psychiatrist in a lot of the songs. And in this particular song, it starts with the psychiatrist asking What do you think people see when they look at you? So I'm gonna ask you that question, Pooch. What do you think people see when they look at you? From past experience, I honestly, honestly think that people, when they look at me and they first see me, they think he's arrogant, self-obsessed, <laughs> and definitely a footballer. One hundred percent. That's the three things I'd say. Yeah, I think. I think very uh, negative. I have to yeah, say. sorry. And that's I think. Yeah, that's fair. I think when I saw you online, the image you were portraying mm. was, you know, not so much arrogant. I just think it didn't. To me, didn't. I could see that you're a very nice guy mm. and that didn't really come across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, I, I, I think you're arrogant. I was more like the way you speak to the camera and everything's a bit bit, bit mad. Mm. But I, knowing you, I know you're definitely, what was the three? So arrogant, 
And just like a footballer, which is... No, no, arrogant. Oh, self-imposed. Self-imposed. Yeah, I would... You know, I, I, like, they, they think I love myself because I look after my hair. No, yeah, you de- I definitely don't think you're like that. I th- no. I, no, you're definitely not an arrogant person. Everyone, yeah, everyone, isn't it? just to be kind to you, everybody, when they, like, on second meeting and you've mm. spoken and been yourself, people are like, well, he's a really, really nice guy. Yeah. Like, everyone, I, mean, I got feedback from... Um, a guy the football coach that I connected you with and, and you know he's really in awe of you as a person because you're a nice guy so Sawsy yeah <laughs> we got Sawsy um, and what about you Mr McKenzie I, what do you think I I think oh man I think um, people think I'm I think I worry about most I guess is you know he hasn't got his he's he's, he's going nowhere with his career um, he's a bit of a you know a loser in that respect. Um, very like, uh, I think some people think I'm arrogant. Like I feel like people think I'm arrogant because a lot of times I don't feel confident in social situations. So I try and, but I, I just get scared of them. But it's so, so I just, weird because I complete like I I think that's complete opposite. When I look at you, I I genuinely see someone who's working really hard mm-hmm. to make some to create something big that you've been something that you've been through. What you're doing for me is, I think it's amazing. I appreciate that. And the resilience. What about the arrogance? You've got a little bit of that. Do mate, you think? <laughs> do you think that's the thing? Everyone does. I do though. think. I I do think sometimes I'm I'm arrogant, but I think there are some people I don't give my time to, and I think it's wrong. But I basically have pre. It's what I do. I do prejudge people sometimes, which is bad There's on my behalf. Wrong with that, though. And There's then I'm, wrong with that. I hear about stories that they've got up to, yeah. and I just feel like I wouldn't connect with them. So I, I don't. I don't feel like I can be myself around them which is wrong so I sometimes don't speak so it passes off as arrogant but it's yeah. more that I'm a bit like I don't feel like they like me or I wouldn't fit in with their them so well, I get there you go see so you're being open about it yeah so now people actually know and then how um, what, what? and I also think um, yeah that's, that's that's enough I think we're done so we're it's interesting isn't it when you when you actually think what people think. I, I completely disagree with all three things you said well I said two two things that you said I, what's I, the third one I um, I think um, people assume that I I do think now people assume I'm really confident uh, like can be quite confident yeah. and people look at me my, my, they don't know how I grew some people don't know how I grew up in the sense that I never at school I never spoke to anybody mm. I never went to school because I was so I felt so socially like anxious I grew up very overweight so I'm very unconfident about how I look so people see me, a girl on night out, will be like, oh, you know, typical, yeah, yeah, confident okay. lad, you know, good looking, whatever. But they don't know Such my... a good point. They don't know what I'm like. So when they see how intimate I am when yeah. I connect with them or whatever, they're, they're like, oh, wow, wow, I didn't realise you'd be this kind of deep. It's such a good point because I think us as humans, we're, we're only quick... We're so quick to judge someone for what we know, from what we know now. Mm-hmm. We never actually really get to know the person. And I think that's probably one of the key lessons here from what we've both just done is mm-hmm. to get to know someone first. Yeah, I, I need to. to as well. I mean, I can't just not want to speak to people because I'm worried that they won't like me mm-hmm. or that I've heard things about them. That's wrong. Cool. I think we've wow. done all right, man. It was, you know, we we never speak this much on no, podcasts. I think it was enjoyable. I think we the weekly topics thing is quite cool. I hope our listeners, yeah. if, if there's anything that you have opinions on regarding what we've spoken about, please share them, you know, send us videos in and we'll definitely look to share them on our social media. Absolutely. We're trying to build a community for everyone to be completely vulnerable and open yeah. to how they feel definitely. daily and weekly. So, And if you didn't like this format, let us know. And Ollie, we're coming for you, main host. 
We're coming for you. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.